Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Robert Half. Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you are feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Their specialized recruiting professionals engage with their proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, they know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Cars.com. Have you heard about the Your Garage feature on Cars.com? Here's how it works. You add your car to your garage to track its market value and cash in when the time is right to sell. Track both your car's historical and projected value. When it's time to sell, easily secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on Cars.com. Are you looking for a good beach read this summer? If so, I can help you. I've got just the book for you. It's got pretty much everything in it. Sex, crime, power struggles. It's got drug dealers and prostitutes, cheating scientists, Russian brides, even rogue real estate agents. And the best part? Every word is true. And oh, oh yeah, it won't cost you a penny because it's already been paid for by your tax dollars. What is this magical book? It's called The Encyclopedia of Ethical Failure. From WNYC, this is Freakonomics Radio, the podcast that explores the hidden side of everything. Here's your host, Stephen Dubner. So I am very pleased to present today the founding editor and current editor of one of the most unusual publications I have ever come across. <laughs> it's called the Encyclopedia of Ethical Failure, and it's published... By the United States Department of Defense. So, um, gentlemen, can I first ask you to introduce yourselves, please? Um, I'm Jeff Green. I'm a senior attorney in the Standards of Conduct Office as part of the uh, Office of General Counsel here at the Department of Defense. And that would make you the current editor of this publication, correct? Correct. Okay. And I'm Steve Epstein. I used to work with Jeff at the Department of Defense. I've moved on now. I'm the chief counsel for ethics and compliance at the Boeing Company. Very good. And that would make you the founding editor of the Encyclopedia of Ethical Failure, correct? Yes. So Epstein and Green are my new favorite authors. The Encyclopedia of Ethical Failure is meant to be a sort of manual, an ethics guide for government employees. Steve Epstein started it about 10 years ago. There is a requirement that we train our senior officials and many other officials in the government every year. And the problem, of course, is keeping that training fresh, keeping it relevant. Um, and to do that, we discovered the first thing you have to do is you have to entertain folks enough so they will pay attention. 
and entertaining it is because this encyclopedia is 160-odd pages of true stories about government employees who screwed up. Now, the chapter headings are helpful. You've got your fraud, gambling, conflicts of interest, abuse of position. And even though the book is published on the Department of Defense website, actually, it's not even really published. It's just sitting there as a Microsoft Word document for anybody to read. But anyway, the screw-ups that it chronicles are not limited to the Department of Defense. The stories come from all over the federal government. You've got the IRS represented, Veterans Affairs, government safety inspectors. Here, here's one entry. The headline is, But Judge, I Didn't Get Anything. An offshore safety inspector found much of the government's equipment to be in need of repairs to meet safety standards. He then referred the business to his brother-in-law's repair shop. The rig operators smelled a rat and called the FBI. They discovered that in return for each referral, the brother-in-law was treating the inspector to an evening with a lady of dubious morals. The case was brought to trial. In his defense, the inspector claimed that he had not received a thing of value in return for the referral. The judge didn't buy it, and neither did his wife. Now, it should be said that Epstein and Green are rather considerate in how they point their fingers. They don't always name names, and they don't include a story unless it's been settled with a conviction or a guilty plea or some other disciplinary measure. The stories are taken from media reports, press releases, and the inspectors general of other agencies. There are so many favorites. I mean, how do, it's like going to an ice cream shop and picking your favorite <laughs> flavor. There's really no such thing. But one of, the one that I always remember was um, an employee uh, in, in actually DOD who was also a real estate agent. And she basically put her – on her real estate card, her business card, she put her phone number and address at the Pentagon. Ooh. And at her desk in the Pentagon, she would answer the phone, K&B Real Estate. <laughs> Even I uh, could I tell mean, that's probably no-go. <laughs> so – and this one, was, it sort of surprised us that she was so bold in basically taking her outside business and making it her primary business. Now, I don't know how well you know the case, Steve, but uh, do you have any uh, recollection of or knowledge of what her response was when she was challenged on this, when she was caught on it? Well, as a matter of fact, that's part of it. And, and yes, uh, she was basically called and, and pointed out that uh, she was misusing government office and her government resources to carry on her outside business, uh, which is also prohibited by the rules. And she said, well, in that case, I'd rather be a real estate agent. And she quit. <laughs> OK. Um, Jeff, how about a favorite from you? Uh, I like Steve. There's, there's <laughs> so many different ones, but um, <laughs> one of the ones is actually was not involving a Defense Department employee. It involved the um, Drug Enforcement Agency, and they had an agent who was responsible for protecting a confidential source whose husband was a drug trafficker. And oh, I um, remember had, this one. I hate to say, oh, yeah, yeah, this is unbelievable. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah. He, he had a, a, a government vehicle. He was taking her to a cafe. He was taking her to the airport, and then got to the point where he was taking her to the hotel to go to bed with her. And he even uh, was kind enough to give her some of his ammunition for her gun. You know? <laughs> so but, this is um, a DEA official who's mm -hmm. got a confidential informant, and he's cheating on the informant's wife and right. giving her government bullets in a nutshell, yeah? Yes, and uh, one of the problems that the uh, MSPB really went after him for was the misuse of the vehicle, which I thought was kind of funny. 
sex, as you may expect, is a common theme. But a plain old extramarital affair gets a lot more problematic in the military, where adultery is a crime. And you know what happens next, right? Like they say, the cover-up is always worse than the crime. We had one in, uh, involved a, a Navy officer who was in charge of a submarine. And he was married and was carrying on an affair with another woman, and he got her pregnant. And so he rigged up his email uh, so that uh, someone else uh, sent her an email that said, well, I, he passed away in the service of his country. <laughs> so she was so upset about it, she took her mother. They drove to his home in Virginia, and the new owner said, oh, he's fine. He's up in Connecticut. So they drove up, and all of a sudden they find out that it was all a ruse. And uh, so let's make a long story short. Her uh, sister contacted the Navy JAG office, and um, he will no longer be uh, head of any kind of ship or commander of any sort. But um, No, let me just ask you quickly, Jeff. Uh, what's worse there, the sex or the pretending to be dead? Uh, I, <laughs> the UCMJ, uh, you know, which is the law that governs military officers, uh, prohibits that kind of activity. And in addition, uh, pretending to be dead is a pretty draconian way of trying to solve the problem. It's a, <laughs> another poor judgment, I think. When we come back, you'll hear about an absolutely idiotic burglary, a creative use of religious leave, and a story about governmental red tape. Actual roles of governmental red tape. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Redfin. Whether you need to buy or sell a home or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin has got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like so you can find the home that's just right for you. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours even the same day with a local Redfin agent. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents get you the best price possible for your home. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Cook up a meal in a full kitchen, unpack and stay organized with the in-room alpha closet system, plus bring your pet and have your best friend by your side. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Amica Insurance. Amica Insurance is all about empathy. They know your auto, home, and life insurance are more than just policies. Home insurance is about protecting the life you've built. Auto insurance is there to protect you on the road ahead. 
That's why Amica takes a consultative approach to help protect what matters most to you. They are a customer-owned insurance company that puts your needs first, and their representatives are available 24-7 for claim-related matters. As Amica says, empathy is our best policy. From WNYC, this is Freakonomics Radio. Here's your host, Stephen Dubner. The Encyclopedia of Ethical Failure, an ethics guide published by the Department of Defense, includes plenty of kickbacks and bribes, misuse of government funds, and what might be called the misuse of theology. Some uh, military members who were, uh, uh, instead of taking annual leave, which is the government's way of vacation time, uh, they decided to bank everything under what they called religious leave. And uh, whether it was going to the doctor, whether it was playing golf, they used it as religious leave. So uh, at some point, someone found out about this and called the IG for an investigation. And when they were questioned about this, someone said, well, what did you think of golf as a religious experience? And the uh, military member said, well, I think it certainly could be, you know. But they uh, ultimately were uh, dismissed and uh, weren't able to... uh, take advantage of their religious leave. I I think it's only a religious experience when you hit the hole-in-one. One thing that's astonishing is how lazy some scammers are about covering their tracks. Here, from the Encyclopedia of Ethical Failure, is an entry called It's Five O'Clock Somewhere. A government employee attached to a service base in the United States ended up taking a permanent vacation after a pattern of working an abbreviated work week. The investigation showed the employee worked an average of three hours a day before leaving around 9 or 10 each morning to spend the rest of the day drinking in a local bar. The employee put in for retirement in lieu of disciplinary action. And this one is called, What Do You Mean This Isn't My Property?, One entrepreneurial federal employee backed his panel van up to the office door one night and stole all the computer equipment. He wasn't too hard to catch. He tried to sell everything at a yard sale the next day, with barcodes and property of U.S. government stickers still prominently displayed. Uh, I'm curious to know any observations that either of you have made over the years, whether they're empirical or anecdotal, On the different kinds of violations uh, among different departments, um, maybe among even different political parties, male versus female, any kind of categorizing that you can help us with a way to think about um, how different violations sort of break down. Well, I actually did a taxonomy of this several years ago. Um, And because I was intrigued by why in most cases good people make bad mistakes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I found it didn't really relate to grade or rank or gender, but I found that at least within the government, where I think most of your people are trying to do the right thing, the predominant issue was at the moment they didn't think of the ramifications. Mm. It was an error in judgment of people who were generally well-meaning, but at the time uh, they saw an advantage in, or they saw something which was which distracted them from what they should have been mm. doing. 
Mm. And I think in, in most of the cases, when you would sit down with these folks afterwards and say, what were you thinking? They would be banging their heads on the table and saying, you're right. I wasn't thinking. Mm. Jeff and Steve, you, you both sound um, and on paper look like the kind of guys who would not have the jobs you have if you were the type who would make the kind of bad decisions that get made by the people who are in your book. But I'm, but I'm still curious whether either of you uh, have ever been on the border of doing something that may be just a little bit beyond uh, the reach of good judgment and thought back to that story in your own encyclopedia of ethical failure and helped yourself with your encyclopedia? Well, I could emphatically say yes, uh, and more, more than once. Okay. Uh, it, it are times when uh, I would like to do something, and I, first of all, check the legality of it and say, okay, I, I think this is legal. But then I step back and say, okay, now let's think about it one more time. Um, how would this appear? You know, how would people, would people challenge my judgment uh, if this were uh, disclosed? And, um, and then, you know, it comes into very much uh, some of the stories we look at about that. And, I, and it, it causes me to, to back off. Do either of you ever worry that this encyclopedia of ethical failure uh, could be read not so much as a, a, a set of cautionary tales, but instead as a handbook for, oh, there's, a, there's a, something I hadn't thought of doing. There's a way to wrangle a little extra money or influence or whatnot. Well, it's funny. Good point you raised there. I don't see that because in, in most of these cases, you see people who made very poor judgment calls. Um, and they they weren't very successful uh, in a criminal manner. So it, w- it would hardly be a handbook for how to be a successful criminal. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's more of a handbook of how to be an unsuccessful criminal. <laughs> The lessons of the Encyclopedia of Ethical Failure are pretty straightforward and helpful whether you work in government or not. Don't steal stuff from your office and sell it at home in a yard sale. Don't spend all day in a bar if you're supposed to be working. Don't pay a kickback with hookers. And if you are going to do any of these things, don't lie about it and then pretend you're dead. It just won't work. Now, It's impossible to say how successful the encyclopedia has been, if at all, in preventing ethical failures. One thing it has going for it is that it tells stories. It doesn't dwell on the rule that gets broken. It tells us who does what, to whom and how, sometimes why. Nobody wants to read a set of rules, but all of us like a good story, and we'll remember it too. With that in mind, I'll leave you with my favorite story from this wonderful book, This one's called Employees Fail to Profit from Red Tape. Two workers at the Veterans Affairs Consolidated Mail Outpatient Pharmacy, which mails prescriptions to veterans, were charged with taking kickbacks for purchasing a product from a supplier at more than twice the normal price. The product? Red Tape. The employees were charged with purchasing 100,000 rolls of the tape, which is stamped with the word security, 
and is meant to deter tampering at $6.95 a roll rather than its $2.50 retail value. In return, they received kickbacks of more than $1 per roll. The duo will have plenty of time to appreciate the irony of their situation as they face a sentence of 15 years in jail. Hey, podcast listeners, you know what they say, a quitter never wins and a winner never quits. Or, as Churchill put it, never, ever, 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 ever give up. Well, that's what they say. One of the single most important explanations for how I managed to succeed against all odds in the field of economics, it was by being a quitter. On the next episode of Freakonomics Radio... We revisit the upside of quitting. Talk to you then. Freakonomics Radio is produced by WNYC and Dubner Productions. This episode was produced by Catherine Wells. Our staff includes David Herman, Beret Lamb, Susie Lechtenberg, and Chris Bannon, with help from Ryan Hagen. Special thanks to Laura Walker, president and CEO of New York Public Radio, for lending us her voice in this episode. If you want more Freakonomics Radio, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or go to Freakonomics.com, where you'll find lots of radio, a blog, the books, and more. Pilots know that weather factors like storms, turbulence, and icing can turn routine flight into a challenge. But what if you had satellite-delivered weather data giving you the full picture of what's around you? With SiriusXM Aviation, get coast-to-coast high-resolution weather info, all without altitude limitations or line-of-sight restrictions. Fly confidently knowing you have the best information available to make decisions in flight. Visit SiriusXM.com aviation to learn more.